hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of We Watch Shudder. My name is JD. Who's here with me? It's Michelle. It's always Michelle. If this is your first time tuning in to We Watch Shudder, what it's all about, it's right there in the name. Shudder is a place where you can watch horror and horror type movies. And we do that a lot. And then we talk about the movies uh, because we feel like... Uh, we, we're just egotistical and lonely enough in a weird combination. Uh, starting to step outside the Shutter universe a little bit more along the way. Thank you guys for coming along with us on that. With that in mind, Michelle, what is today's episode? It is our October, a.k.a. Spooktober recap. Spooktober, yeah. We every month so we so much stuff. Yeah, every every month we like to throw out this episode just talking about a bunch of random titles. Maybe they're on Shutter, maybe they're not. Uh, Michelle, I who knows? Uh, Michelle, before we dig, what was your final movie count for Spooktober this year? How many f- how many films did you watch? Okay, I would like to add a disclaimer because I did think my number would be higher but i threw in three seasons of a tv show and two mini series and two okay how many episodes in those three seasons in those mini series uh let's be lenient and say 35 total between all of them oh between all the mini series and the seasons uh 35 and then my books were probably like 20 hours so i don't care about your books (laughs) Books. Who's got time to read? My number was higher than last year, but I am ashamed because I know I could have just gone for numbers and gotten it really high up there. So with all of that in mind, I only hit 101. Oh, only. Only Mm -hmm. 101, you guys. It was also a huge fundraising season for the nonprofit that I do a lot of stuff with. So I was basically spending four days a week um, working on that with the crew so I couldn't uh, watch movies while I was actually physically there, which is unfortunate. Um, So only 101. I'm so sorry. I will try to do better next year, and I absolutely will because I'm an overachiever. No books next year. Only numbers. So wait, just to be clear. 101 yeah. movies plus the 35 TV things as well, or the 35 yeah. TV things go in with that 101 movies? No, 101 movies plus, uh, what did I say, two or three seasons and a miniseries. You're the, miniseries Michelle, you're the only yeah. person in the world who would ever be disappointed by those numbers. Nobody listening to this is like, Jesus, Michelle, what a fucking failure. <laughs> if this was an Xbox game, I would not have unlocked the achievement that very few people uh, get. So it's not well, it's no platinum trophy level of, of numbers. So I gotta get it up well, there. Next year if, we're doing if it. If it makes you if it makes you feel any better, my total was ten episodes of T V or no, excuse me, eight episodes of T V uh and about uh thirty five feature films. It does make me feel better. Thank you. About a about a third of uh, of what you did, uh, yeah. I would no say books? roughly. Uh, M- Michelle, who's got time to read? That's true. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm actually uh, working my way on audiobook through. Uh, it's taken me a little uh, longer to get through it because uh, it is uh, unfortunately just by nature of the 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 subject matter. 
uh, a bit of a of a dry read. Uh, I'm trying to pull up here quickly on my Audible what the actual title is, but it's a book about like the psychology and science of fear as it relates to oh, horror shit. movies. That title. Uh, it's called Nightmare Fuel. Nightmare Fuel, the and science the of horror films. The author is Nina Nesseth, N-I-N-A, last name N-E-S-S-E-T-H. Nina Nesseth, Nightmare Fuel, the science of horror films. Again, it's 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 definitely a, a science-y uh, write-up. There's also a thing that I'm sure there's some sort of legal requirement for why they have to do it this way, but uh, every time she names a movie in the text. She doesn't just... Because she she's narrating her own book. Uh, I guess it wouldn't matter who the narrator was, but every time they read the name of that movie, because it very likely also appears in print this way, every time it's like Halloween, directed by John Carpenter, 1978. Friday the 13th, directed by Sean S. Cunningham, 1980. Every single time they mention a movie by name, or if they mention a character every time uh, they tell you uh, who played that character. And so it's, it's, it's challenging. Uh, it probably would honestly be easier as a physical read than an audiobook, but uh, I have real trouble with focus and attention span with, uh, with regular books these days. So I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, I listen to it specifically when I'm doing things like washing the dishes so that I'm actually able to pay attention and not get distracted. So far it's really good though. If you're like if you're into sort of the academic side of this sort of experience, it's a really good read so far. That's actually awesome because uh before we started this I told you that I was categorizing the things I wanted to talk about um uh -huh. for Spooktober to avoid overdoing it and talking about every episode and Michelle and you're not talking about every one of those 101 movies I'm sorry I'm absolutely not I have you can a movie if, log, you though, know what so you can do can personally do it yeah if you like you can record a special bonus episode where you just ramble about them all by yourself for however oh God, long no. it takes to talk I, about I them started all. I started doing a movie log and trying to find some things to say about some of these is very very difficult but uh, I do um in our recaps I want to start including books because I love reading sure. horror books and so I put a couple on my Spooktober list, actually, both well, of the ones I read. Yeah, as well, as long as we started there, and, and even though yeah. I haven't finished it yet, we brought up uh, Nightmare Fuel here, the one that I'm currently working through. Why don't you go ahead and talk about some of the books that you're particularly fond of this Spooktober? Yes, so I read uh, just two books because I was trying to get my numbers up. Um, one of them recommended by friend of the podcast, Jenna, who never watches the movie, Jenna. Uh, How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. She had told me that she just read this book and that um, she desperately needed somebody to talk to about it and that she didn't know anybody who had. I happened to have a friend with um, whose opinion on books I really trust and I happened to find out that I had a lot of Grady Hendrix on my to read list so I threw this one on there went in completely blind texted her about halfway through and went what the hell is going on and uh it is great um the other one oh my god I could not get enough of it out there screaming an anthology of new black the horror the introduction from Jordan Peele oh yeah I was just gonna say is that the Jordan god. Peele one Yes. So he just does a quick introduction. 
Um, and I know there are people who are just going to hear new black horror and think like, oh my God, it's going to be woke nonsense. They're going to be those types of people. Well, those people are dumb. Yeah, it is fantastic. There are so many stories that legitimately made me like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. And a lot of them end at the scariest point. There is... There, there are so few that have a happy ending where it's just like, oh, this is the worst possible part to end it. Thanks so Real much. Bleak shit. And uh, oh my god, <laughs> I love bleak shit. I was all about this book. There were maybe out of all nineteen, I believe, stories included. There were only two that I wasn't a hundred percent like 110 percent in love with. It is so good. Nice. I plan on looking up a lot of the authors. They were oh god, it was so good. Highly recommended so, if you like. Um, let you me like let me clarify here, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're saying there's there's just an introduction to this by Jordan Peele, or did he also yep. curate this collection? Oh, that's true. Um, he I believe he curated it as well. I okay. wasn't sure how that would be classified. Um, so yeah, people call it like Jordan Peele's book. I'm like that's not really accurate. I don't know what. Right. So he has an introduction, and he was the one who curated these. Those are sort of Jordan Peele presents for. kind of situation. Exactly. And oh my god, nice. I'm so glad I had never heard of any of these authors, and I will be checking out more of their stuff and their quick reads. Like each one comes yeah. out to twenty pages. I, uh... So I was trying to binge it. But then I just wound up being like, no, we're going to take our time with this one. I kind of read one each night so that I could really marinate. Nice. I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to keep an eye out for that uh, on uh, on Audible. Because, uh, again, because it's it's an anthology short fiction, uh, mm-hmm. that'll play into my short attention span for things a whole lot better. And I'll be able to probably dig through quite a bit of those. I've heard nothing but great things about it. So And, of so course... Good. Uh, you know, Jordan Peele uh, has developed an insane reputation over the last few years, so it's it's mm-hmm. got to be worth taking a look at. So, yeah, and a footnote: I am looking forward to um, ranting very angrily about the book that I am currently in the process of reading, because <laughs> people are like, "Oh my God, you think Fifty Shades of Grey is steamy? You need to read this Anne Rice book." And I was like, "I never thought Fifty Shades of Grey was steamy, but sure, I'll read this." Like apparently very good bdsm book and it's awful it's so awful it is called the claiming of sleeping beauty and they're like what if it was sleeping beauty but she was fucked awake and now she's his slave and it's awful and i'm so mad and i will be ranting about it in november guaranteed or the november recap is is awful. that an Anne rice book or is it one it, that she wrote as a and rockwellor or is perhaps correct. as uh as uh ann rampling it is a and ro- Roquelor. Garbage. I, only know, I don't know. I only know those names this. because in high school I did read uh, both Interview with the Vampire. That was the only one of those I mm-hmm. read. Uh, and I also read uh, The Mummy or Ramses the Damned. But I remember Probably seeing those names. Uh, I, remember, <laughs> I remember seeing those names. On the, you know, the book always has that page at the beginning where it's like, other things by the person who wrote this before you've ever even read it. So you don't even know if you care about other things that person has written. Fucking garbage, uh, and I'm mad about it. So that's my book recap for October. I won't get on, on, but I've been ranting at friends about how much I hate it. But I also made the mistake of immediately buying the trilogy, so I will be reading all three books um, just to really hate myself. (laughs) <laughs> what? It's you you gotta stop Sometimes being a completist Is your own worst enemy Michelle I know um, if I hadn't bought all three I'm just glad I didn't buy the fourth one that came out later So I'm only subjected to three because I own them And now I have to Alright 
Uh, let's jump into TV next because I know that yeah. the, the eight episodes of television that I watched are among the episodes of television that you watched. So yeah. let's talk about the other things that you watched and then we'll come into that big finale because it's one that I have definitely been wanting to talk about. Oh, no. One of the things that's going to make you so mad, uh, Love is Blind Season 5. <laughs> oh, God. How is that spooktober? I did not say everything was uh, horror-themed. I think oh, Love well, is Blind is horrific. Shit, uh, Michelle, is my numbers are literally just related to this podcast. Oh, You're padding your numbers with non-horror shit. Get out of Whoa, town. If we had to stick to just non-horror, or to just a horror, last Spooktober, you know I ran out of things to watch on streaming services that I was interested in watching. So I did have to add a few other things because the list was dwindling i was getting into the territory of things i didn't really care about so love is blind season five was on there whatever um, it takes oh. to help you sleep at night michelle oh thank god i sleep terribly <laughs> uh the other one that i think people might actually care about is i'm finally working my way through all of masters of horrors so i only have two left of that oh uh, uh so uh when you say you only have two left do you mean like in the two seasons combined i think it was two seasons Yes, there are two seasons, okay. and I only have two movie-slash-episodes yeah. remaining. I myself never saw the second uh, series, but I actually watched the entire first series as it was happening on television. It was one of the last... Except Imprint? <laughs> yeah, yeah, except for Imprint, which I did, eventually, I, I did eventually yep. see, which is, uh, like, that was... That was crazy publicity, right? Where they're like, this movie is so extreme, even Showtime, a pay cable network, won't let them play it. Of course, there's the there's a real uh, uh, voice in the back of my head, a real jaded voice that's just like, yeah, but that's also a really good publicity gimmick to sell a bunch of DVD sets when they come out. But uh, I don't know. Mike is uh, he's a severe transgressive sort of guy and when I saw it I was like you know I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Showtime legitimately was like no not even we will put this on television yes I had told you I categorized these we will uh pause on Mike because I have a specific category that we can talk about imprint and a couple other things in all right, cool. Uh, any other uh, episodes, at least in that first series, uh, that have been special standouts for you or anything in the second series that I should look forward to if I ever get around to it? Uh, I think you're really going to like Family um, from season two, and the whole thing is on Tubi. That's how I've been checking it out. I really loved uh, Dance of the Dead from season one. Um, and then, of course, John Car Carpenter's Cigarette Burns. Everybody says that's potentially the best aside from imprint so those yeah, are the, the really standout ones yeah there, um, there's nothing that i'm fully like nah, i don't really love this there's a couple that i'm like that's eh, fine but uh everything's good i at least like it to some extent and there's some really good stuff and i'm learning remind some names me, from horror remind mm -hmm. me which director did dance of the dead was that toby hooper Ah, fuck. I don't have it in front of me, and I don't Oh, okay. Things. No problem. I just, yeah, because I, I remember more the directors who were involved. I know Stuart Gordon did yeah. the very first one, which I think was Dreams in the Witch House. Dreams in the Witch House. Uh, yeah. uh, and that was... Incident on and off of Mountain Road. Oh, that might have been the first one, yeah. That's uh, the very that's first one. Don yep. Coscarelli, the guy who did Phantasm. I believe yeah. you. Yeah, I, uh, that, that series was, was definitely super cool. It was, uh, it was... Especially 
at the time it came out, like horror mm-hmm. was in a real sort of uh, kind of uh, low point and, and it really needed something. And I, I feel like there was a little bit of revitalization uh, that we got from that series. So I, mm-hmm. I definitely need to get around to watching the second run at some point. I'm loving it. Just got a couple left and it's great. Okay, uh, so what are the mini series? What are your mini series? Well, the one that we want to talk about, we should just get to. Oh, um, so you, okay, you're con- you're counting this as a mini series, even you, though it was eight episodes. Yeah, of course I am. Uh, what do you think a mini series has to be? Ten? I'm, I'm, a mini series okay. is like a two night event, Michelle. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, I came up. I came up in the. I, I I came up in the old school TV days. The where rose like, red days. Yeah, yeah, the the Stephen the King's King. it on ABC. Yep. Two night event. Storm of Roots. the century. No, storm of <laughs> century. Yeah, whatever. But yeah. yeah, the one I'm counting as a mini series is of course, the one guys, that I it, know you want to talk about. We all have to talk about it, guys. It's the fall yeah. of the House of Usher. That new Mike of Flanagan course. joint on Netflix. Did you see it? God, I hope you saw it because. If you didn't, you might want to jump forward a few minutes because we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna try real hard to be non-spoilery, but who knows what might slip out. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, uh, so I hated the fall of the House of Usher. I don't know what the fuck Mike Flanagan was thinking. I never want to see anything he ever does ever again. This was complete trash. Don't waste your time. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Of course, it was awesome. This guy can fucking do no wrong, Michelle. Oh, I know. Um, I had heard some some discussion about people kind of falling off when it came to things he did later. And I told them, if you like uh, his original Haunting of Hill House, uh, this is so similar to that in atmosphere that if that was the thing that you like that Flanagan has done, give this a try, even if you didn't like things like Midnight Mass. Um, Because this is fantastic. I enjoyed it so much. Um, There's a particular death in this one that made me so shaken up because i was not expecting it that i had to pause and rewind a couple minutes just to be like will it oh yep okay cool which one are you talking about michelle do your best to 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 tell me without being spoilery yeah i it is the first child oh uh the the the, yeah at at the party you know exactly what i'm talking about oh yeah now you're saying which child dies first what Now you're saying which child dies first. <laughs> <sighs> we try. Oh. It's okay. Oh. It's all anyway. good. <laughs> yeah, guys, uh what a what a fabulous uh production. Uh if you know or are very familiar with Edgar Allan Poe, this is delightful. Uh because not only like each episode is sort of inspired by the plot of of a specific Poe story. And then the overarching story for the series is inspired, of course, by Fall of the House of Usher. And then there are also just other Poe references layered in throughout here. Just the, the amount of work that went into how much fucking layering there is in this is fantastic. Also, I think I was five of eight episodes into this series before I realized fucking Mark Hamill was even in it. Like, Luke wow. Skywalker gives such a fucking wild performance that I was just like, who? I, like, I, I sat there for the first several episodes. I was like, this guy is so familiar. Why can't I figure out who the fuck it is? And then once it hit me, I felt real dumb. You know what? You should. 
<laughs> Can't he de- even defend that? You call yourself a nerd? Uh, I know. I I think I what I'm doing is is giving his his performance the highest possible compliment. He disappears uh, into and uh, tons of people uh, are very good in this. Uh, heads up, because I was <laughs> the series is oddly sexual. Uh, in a like it's 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 definitely Mike uh, getting up in like there's you might you, you probably like I don't know if this is like his 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 comeback response from doing Midnight Club, which was more you know sort of young adult oriented or what, but like and I don't have a problem with that. It was just an element of it that I found really surprising. Uh, but uh, I guess in the scope of of Poe things, also uh, uh, rather appropriate. Uh, I also like the way this series uh, plays its its uh, its big set pieces and its horrific moments the same way Poe does, where it's, it's a lot of hinting and suggesting, and it all kind of builds to this just sort of crescendo. Uh, and I love how they do that in so many of these. Uh, they uh, they save their moments, and when they shoot, they fucking shoot, man. This is there is some rough shit in this move in this series. I agree. All right. Well, now what the are we going to talk about? <laughs> well, I can go into my next category. Um, I'm not going to talk about Saw. Obviously, took that took up a huge chunk of my Spooktober. Two hours Watched. and 41 minutes talking yep. about I Saw 1 through 7. Yep, oh I did watch God. all the Saws. I watched some of them multiple times. And now... I was having a panic attack last week and my husband was like, is there something I can do for you? And I was like, can we watch a comfort movie? And I put on Saw 1. And now we're working our way through Saw. So I'm watching them again in November. Why would you do um, that to now... yourself? Well, because I fucking love Saw. That's why. I'm just giving um, shit. Okay, but uh, next category, let's go with documentaries. I watched a whole bunch this uh Oh, this I saw October. one, but we're definitely going to talk about that a little Ooh, bit. Interesting. Um, So I watched... Some of the notable ones, um, Unsolved Mysteries Behind the Legacy, that was pretty interesting. Uh, TMZ Presents Tragically Viral, that was not super interesting. Uh, Making 1899, which I have talked about on this podcast, is how much I fucking loved 1899 and Dark and how mad I am that they were canceled. So watching Making 1899 made me even angrier about that. Um, because it's oh, it's so brilliant. I'm so angry. Um, Hot Potato, the story of the Wiggles. I cried like a fool. It was so great. I fucking love the Wiggles. People don't appreciate them. Um, and then the probably the one that I was waiting the most or like most excited about, aside from the one that I know you wanna you wanna talk about, um, the Devil on Trial, which is about uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren and the original story of The Conjuring. I still need um, to I see com- that. Yeah, I completely expected it to take a stance and then tell that story throughout. Um, but I was actually surprised that it does try to, we'll say offer some different perspectives. And I didn't feel like it was trying to sell me on something, which I was really, really worried about. So that was definitely worth oh, the so, watch. Wait, are mm-hmm. you, so you're saying that the movie about uh notorious con artist Ed Lorraine Warren lended some credence to their side of things? I will say that I was very <laughs> surprised 
half JD has through. some opinions about Ed and Lorraine Warren, oh, which do not in any way play into his opinions of the Conjuring franchise, but oh man, I got some thoughts on those people. I will say that I <laughs> do not want to give anything away, of but course. that I expected it to be an advertisement for The Conjuring, and it was not. That's so awesome. that no, is I'm what def- I was happy about. It was legitimately I, a documentary. I'm very much that. looking forward to seeing it, just for a mm-hmm. lot of reasons, yeah. And then this isn't really a documentary. It's kind of like reality TV, but I did watch Vanessa Hudgens' uh, Dead Hot Season of The Witch, and I laughed my ass off. Oh, my God. Um, it's it's so good, but it's so bad. But, like, oh, man, I would love to go ghost hunting with Vanessa Hudgens and have matching coats <laughs> um, and be like, oh, my God, I'm getting in touch with my witchy side. And I was so annoyed, but I was like, God damn it, this is why I'm, like, on ghost hunts. So those are my notable documentaries. <laughs> Oh well, to get Aside into the one the that one, to, yep, to, to get into the one that, that and we're not gonna there's really not a lot to talk about it, but the the nice dovetail here is uh, another thing uh, that Michelle would do that I would absolutely never be involved in is the extreme haunt phenomenon that's been going on for the last few uh, few years. Uh, I want to be very clear right away, just the whole concept of extreme haunts, uh, what consenting adults choose to do uh, for themselves so long as they are uh, uh, able to uh, consistently uh, maintain that consent or are able to remove it at any time and remain completely safe. Uh, You know, do do you, fam, go nuts. I ain't going to be anywhere fucking near this thing. Uh, but that, of course, is all crucial to what we're talking about. Michelle, you would love to participate in some kind of extreme haunt thing. Is that you, you, this is correct? We've we've talked about this. Absolutely. However, not the one that this documentary was specifically yeah. targeting. Fuck that. That is not a haunt. That is willful torture. No, thank it's... you. Take it away, JD. We're talking about McKamey Manor. Uh, Those of you who know this topic know there's a movie called Monster Inside. It's on Hulu. Uh, It's about this guy, Russ McKamey. Uh, Look, here's my breakdown of, I think, what happened. Uh, I think Russ McKamey made a haunted house. uh, And then the more extreme haunted houses and the more, you know, the the severe haunts uh, started to to have their heyday. And so he started pushing uh, and pushing. And then he started getting this reputation as just the sickest, most extreme haunt uh, in the world. And I think he went mad with that reputation. And he got addicted to some really gross uh, things that he gets off on. Uh, and he, uh, he, this is basically a whole situation where he's fucking conning people with a variety of, of different concerning situations and it is, Hey, come out to my house and let me fucking torture you for several days. Like there's these disclaimers that he has people sign and they're utterly fucking meaningless. They bring in all these legal experts to tell you this to claim this disclaimer or whatever, this waiver is bullshit. You can't sign away your rights to these sorts of things. Having the uh, having a safe word means nothing if you're gagged and unable to say a safe. It's just, it's a guy who got caught up in something and has clearly gone, clearly gone way too fucking far. And I have no idea how he continues to fucking get away with this shit, Michelle. You've actually spent time like in in the Facebook groups and the people who are like really going after this situation, like. How does he keep getting away with this? 
So with my obsession with wanting to do an extreme haunt, which I know I could go out there and do it, but I'm also, you know, I, I'm scared at the same time. There are none in our area. I think if there was one that I was like, Saturday night, I can go do this um, and have a good time. And it was just a drive down the street. It would be different. I have to travel for this thing. There's nothing in the area worth doing um, along the levels of what I'm looking for. So while searching out stories of like, what was this extreme haunt in New York? Uh, what was their story this year? And what did they wind up doing? I love reading the recaps because they don't want you to reveal it until obviously the season is over. And then you can find out like, what did they do to people this year? Um, of course, while looking into that McKamey Manor every year comes up and I have gone down some deep, deep rabbit holes and wound up in Facebook groups with people <laughs> <laughs> have gone through it despite not being one myself. I'm an excellent bullshitter. Um, and I'm, that's the thing that I'm fascinated by is the, there's a large number of people who have done this and regretted it and still have done nothing about it. And I have so many questions um, because I'm like, you're clearly outspoken enough to be upset about it. Is that are of them you talking to lawyers? In this documentary, Michelle. Exactly. There are three it, people in this documentary who will tell like they, they're flat out telling you what this guy did to them. You have legal experts in this documentary talking about how none of this shit would ever stand up in court, and yet somehow like this isn't even a haunted house anymore. Literally what McKamey Manor is now, and there's not even a staff. You just go out to Russ's house in the middle of the fucking wilderness. It's just you and him, and he just takes you out into the wilderness and tortures you until he decides to be done. And that's that's the extreme haunted house experience. What the how the fuck does this keep you know, happening? I think that's why it's fascinating to me. Like because I'm thinking these people, if they were that traumatized, they must have thought at some point. I should pursue legal matters. Is there nobody willing to pursue that? And now that there's Hulu coverage, you know, so much more awareness of it. Now right. will they Maybe. do that or Maybe. are they not interested? I'm just, I'm very curious. That's the part that fascinates me because there are so many yeah. people who say I was extremely traumatized by what I went through. And there are also people who say they loved it. Um, and that's fine if that's your thing. Uh, sure. Like we said, uh, and I, what consenting yeah, I do want to uh, something that's been rolling around in my head here for just the last couple of minutes. While I was ranting there about Russ, uh, I think the way I talked about certain things uh, maybe creates an impression that I I, I actually don't want to create. Like I understand it because a big part of this documentary is also breaking down the psychology behind people who are interested at least in the concept of extreme haunts in general. And and I, I, I don't want to like I like I, I don't want to suggest that anybody is, oh, they're just a fucking wacko or whatever, oh, no. you know, they're they're <laughs> damaged or any of this. Like I, I like I have my own my own issue and I just think the way I may have talked about it a moment ago wasn't necessarily the the best. But what what's horrifying about this is I get all of that, right? Like I understand why certain people want to go through like there's a beautiful scene at the end of this documentary of this really cathartic moment for this person who goes through one of these experiences where you're able to be secure in your in your if your safety and they take everything very seriously and I get it and it's just disgusting 
how this guy is basically taking advantage of that to get off on torturing people and it's it it's god i could fucking rant about that guy all goddamn night yeah that's the part that i did want to mention too is that near the end of this they do show what an extreme haunt should be versus what it shouldn't right and i i cried so and hard side note, because that it's, catharsis it's still not something i'm ever gonna fucking do holy no. shit no, no i thought it was the the way that you felt her catharsis um just really resonated with me too yeah and that's the thing yeah. that i like about it I have talked a little bit. I come from a very traumatic situation. So going through something like that and then coming out on top, I can see why that would make you feel so powerful and just like I can Absolutely. do anything. And yeah, I, for sure. I love that concept. Um, Russ McKamey uh, doesn't seem to do it that way because people aren't no. coming out saying, I feel changed for the better. <laughs> oh, God. It's quite uh... frequently at Extreme Haunts. Um, I just I have so many questions like you people seem to want to pursue legal action why can't you i just want to know why yeah um i'm fascinated from that perspective like judge judy should take on this case i'd watch the episode (laughs) fuck yeah i'd watch judge judy take on russ mckamey every time my dad's hospitalized hospitalized, that's our thing that we watch i'm like oh shit coming out of surgery is judge judy on (laughs) It's our thing. I bet he would love the McKamey episode. (laughs) For sure, for sure. Yeah, fucking crazy. Let me ask you this, Michelle. They talk about Mm -hmm. this a a bit in the documentary. One of the the things that that Russ famously always claimed as part of his, his marketing of this nonsense is that... He had a waiting list about 20,000 names long. Do you believe it or not? I don't know if that number is correct, but there is definitely a waiting list of people who just want to get into this. And I think some of it is, I I don't want to say people like me because I would not do that, but maybe people with even more of an obsession where I do have questions about like what goes on. And there are probably people out there that are like, I don't really want to do this, but I do want to know what goes on and they don't want to watch the full live stream. And I think the live stream cuts at certain points. So you can't see the full thing anyway. And uh, they've talked about like some things where they're like, I can't even explain what was going on, but there is unauthorized dentistry. And like, I don't want to experience that, but I have so many questions. And I think that's probably a big part of it. Like unauthorized dentistry. No, thank you. And I mean, no, like, I don't uh I don't I don't want to like like please don't take this as uh, like suggesting anything. <laughs> but uh, I'm also like like doesn't this guy worry that somebody's going to like sneak their way in there and fuck him up? Like, isn't he afraid <laughs> that some somebody's going to just go vigilante on his ass and just like go out in the middle of nowhere with him and just, I don't know, fucking knife him in the neck or something? And that's why I'm so fascinated. How has that not happened? Somebody who was bigger than him and it triggered like a terrible response of whether or not they wanted to and they went ballistic. Yeah, I I have. It's fascinating to me. The fact that it it still keeps happening and that people want to do it. That's why I I have questions. Yeah, I've seen Um, uh, I've seen a couple of of different uh, smaller like they've they've talked about McKamey Manor as one of many different haunted houses in a few different documentaries I've seen. This is the most detailed and and uh, uh, graphic portrayal of uh, of what's going on there. But I definitely think you should go check it out. It's a fascinating documentary. And again, it's not just about him. What I really like about it, because 
the people who participate in these things are demonized very much because that's where a oh, lot yeah. of people is just like, why the fuck would you even do that? You know, you 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 got what you were asking for, sort of thing. Uh, and it does a very good job of uh, discussing and I- exposing the psychology of where this kind of behavior comes from. And I think that is every bit as important about this documentary as everything else that you get from it. Absolutely. I was fascinated. And even I, I feel like I know a lot about it and there were still a few, some things where I was like, wow, that I did not know that. So worth a watch if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, since we talked about McKamey Manor, uh, my next category is emotionally devastating. Should we get to the <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so every Spooktober, I like to re- uh, revisit and just Google, like, what's the most fucked up movies to see what I haven't seen out there. And when I was going through the list, I realized there were a lot of things that other people have mentioned a lot, and I still had never seen them. So uh, a couple first time things that are classics, uh, the Poughkeepsie tapes from 2007, I had never watched. Uh, Eden Lake, 2008, super sad. Uh, Frozen. Wait, you from had never seen the Poughkeepsie tapes? No. How I... is that possible? It's one of those where I thought I had. Okay. And okay. Then that's I watched fair. It. Okay. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, because it's always on the list. So I thought I had after watching it. No, I've never seen it in my life. Um. So yeah, that that like found footage and fucked up. Yes, please. Um, Eden Lake, uh, Frozen, where people are trapped on a ski lift. Some people, it's obviously oh, like the, a different not type. Frozen. Ha ha ha! Just like the girl next door that we talked about, where I'm like, oh man, I fucking love that romantic comedy, which I do. Um, I made that joke yesterday, and then I had to explain why it was a joke and what I was referring to. So don't watch the other version. Um, grotesque, grotesque from 2009, which I did not enjoy. Um, the sound effects kind of ruined it. And then there's a movie that uh, I think will eventually wind up on the types of list of like Salo and a Serbian film, like that level of fucked up. Um, I wouldn't say it's quite on that level, but it's the closest thing I've seen in modern days, and that's Megalomaniac. Um, it was released in 2022, but I think it just finally became a lot more attainable. So I checked that out. Um, it's pretty fucked up, and it'll probably do that to a lot of people and then of course i had to rewatch a couple things um after mentioning it i think in september and somebody saying is michelle okay uh no i'm not i did rewatch martyrs from 2008 um to yourself (laughs) and i messaged jd and i was like martyrs is one of those movies that you can't ever tell somebody it's your favorite horror movie and you just have to say like yeah, I like uh, The Lion King or some shit. Like, <laughs> I still stand by it um, that it is a fantastic movie. I think because the ending just fucked me up so badly. Um, but in the right kind of way, uh, I guess if there's that. And then, of course, Mike, I rewatched Audition and I rewatched Imprint as part of Masters of Horror. And I think I've briefly mentioned this before, but Imprint from Masters of Horror, that's my limit. I found my limit. I had a very hard time watching that, uh, especially a second time. So I found my limit. What the fuck is with that that guy in needles? That, uh, but not Human Centipede 2? Oh, the thing is, Human Centipede 2 is so absurd to me that it like it goes beyond the level of like this is real and my brain can't handle it. let Let me try to ask this question in a way that I think is perfectly spoiler free. Mm-hmm. Like, 
was the harder part for you the thing with the hands or the thing at the river? The hands. Oh, well, fuck. Are you fucking serious? Yes. The thing at the river... Well, okay, I'm oh, not surprised you... knowing you wow. that the thing at the river is not... Wow. It is way worse for you. And I know what you're referring to. You? I even no. hate hand stuff, Michelle. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, for me, it was the hand stuff and particularly okay. the gum stuff. Okay. Oh, my fair. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah I enough. had a really, really hard time watching that. And yeah, the Takashi Miike is fucked up, you guys, if you don't know I that. Love and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, several titles that that fucked up, but in in I think a very enjoyable way, and each one of them also very unique. I always tell people if you're gonna go into Mike, the ones you want to see are uh, Audition, uh, Ichi the Killer, uh, Visitor Q, uh, Imprint from Masters of Horror, uh, Gozu is very good. Uh, this guy is just a fucking madman. <laughs> Visitor Q is questionable. Visitor Q is God was damn. Visitor so Q weird. was the first movie I ever saw where I genuinely was like, "How the fuck is this allowed to exist?" <laughs> like, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> oh so God damn! Don't start with that one. <laughs> no, I mean maybe don't, watch yeah, it if you kind of like it. Yeah. Put Do Visitor Q at the end, probably. Either that one or yeah. maybe Ichi. Uh, but I, think I think Audition I... is the one that's easiest to stomach. Yeah, start with Audition. Yeah. Start with Audition. Sure. <laughs> and, then, and then see how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your next one? Uh, well, uh, from, from Michelle's bleak and emotionally devastating, I, uh, I saw three horror comedies this month that I really that's enjoyed. That's my next category. Sweet. That I, I thought uh, were, were a good time. Uh, first one I saw, I finally saw, uh, from early, uh, all of these that I'm going to talk about except one here are actually also movies from this year. I catch, spent a lot of Spooktober catching up on some things that I haven't seen yet. Uh, uh, finally saw Renfield, uh, which, uh, oh, uh it, it was, it was all right. I, I didn't hate it. It's not one that I think I'll go back and watch again anytime soon. I mean, you got Nicolas Cage just caging it up. Of course, he's he's always a a, a fun uh, thing to see. Um, uh, I uh, my, I tell you what, uh, what I loved about this movie is that uh, fucking yet again, it's another movie I've seen where Aquafina fucking steals the show. That lady is so goddamn funny and naturalistic in her comedy. God damn, uh, that uh, like like that was the biggest thing I took away from this, is that uh, uh, it very much uh, was was her uh, place to stand out. Have you seen Renfield, Michelle? Yes, I saw it in theaters. And oh, okay. What did you think? You coming with, um, I loved it. I just I love Nicolas Cage. I love Nicholas Holt. Um, anything where Nicolas Cage is doing his thing. Actually, one of the things I watched in Spooktober was uh, Sympathy for the Devil, Sympathy of the Devil. Can't remember, but it's a Nicolas Cage film, and he is just being so Nicolas Cagey. I oh, texted our friend Aaron, and I was like, you have to see this. It's, it's not a great movie, but God, Nicolas Cage does his cagiest. And I just like anytime he is let out. Um, the unbearable weight of massive talent is one of my favorite mo- uh, movies of. I had a good time age. with that one. You put Nicolas oh Cage and Pedro Pascal on screen oh. together. Give me a fucking break. It is so great. So yeah, just I'm a huge Cage fan. Um, anything that man does, 
I will love. I can't help it. Yeah. He's he's like Mike Flanagan, where I'm like, even if he does something flawed, fuck it. I love it. I love right. that man. Let him uh, do all the things. I did. Uh, I did think it was interesting that as I was watching this, I was like, is this based on some like comic book or graphic novel? And it's not. But it was uh, uh, written by uh, Robert Kirkman, of course, who famously gave us oh. The Walking Dead in comic book form. Fucking uh, love but, The uh, Walking Dead comics. It oh just it just smacked of like one of those alternate universe comic books where somebody takes a, a thing but does a real clever and unique spin on it. Uh, but uh, it, w- it was fun. It, it was definitely fun. I had a good time. Uh, yeah, also, we'll have, uh, the Robert Kirkman. Oh my God, Kirkland, Kirkman, Kirkman. My brain, yeah, thank you. My brain broke right as I tried to uh, say it, which is well, crazy. I and so, uh, yeah, so two other horror comedies I saw. I also saw Slother House, uh, yeah. which was fucking fabulous. I love Just that so much. The, the most ridiculous, fucking absurd, hilarious. Just it's what I love about it is like. So there, there's a certain type of movie lately where it's like deliberately trying to be schlocky in a certain way, like in a throwback schlocky. sort of homage way. Schlocky, not slothy, schlocky. no. Schlocky. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little slow today. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to talk about another one of those in one of my other groups here. Uh, but this movie, like that's a very difficult task for me. Most of the time it feels really bad like I, I don't understand like it feels very artificial uh and this movie uh manages the very difficult balancing act of like okay hang on the dog's attacking me oh my god he doesn't like talking about the sloths oh no he's being mauled oh, oh no, god gee, call the police <laughs> But yeah, this is <laughs> uh, this this very nicely walks that balancing act between obviously being a throwback to some kind of ridiculous uh, monster movie or uh, the you know the the crazy animal or the animal gone murderous situation uh, without feeling like a put on it like it feels like. You're actually. It feels like one of those movies that came into its charm just at, not. I don't want to say accidentally, but it doesn't feel forced or put on in any way. I I had so much fun with this. I mean, I'm not talking about it very well, but I, I think you saw this one also, Michelle. Did you not? Yes, and I loved it, and I think you might have been able to articulate a little better um, what I have not. Like it, it feels like a solid movie about a funny sloth instead of a low budget movie that is supposed to be funny for that reason i'm not a huge fan of movies that are bad and that's why you're laughing um that's just not not my thing they're they're, when they're trying like they're trying to do that on purpose right like that's the idea is not winter right we're making an homage to to bad or to uh mm-hmm. to i don't even want to say bad but you guys know what i mean uh yeah and yeah. this so this it's so good it was this, a quality film right right these are some people who they didn't say we're gonna we're gonna parody or be an homage to that they're like we're just gonna do that 
mm-hmm. with what we have today, and it works. It's so goddamn funny. It's so the sloth puppet in this thing is fucking ridiculous. And God, adorable. it's a good time. I had so much fun with this. This is great. This is like right up there for me with movies like uh, like Gremlins and Ghoulies. This was fucking awesome. I thought it was very similar to Cocaine Bear, which I fucking loved from last oh, year. Oh, I, I if and we this were, was I, the sloth version. Oh yeah, if you if you put those two together, uh, like mm-hmm. I mean, I, I definitely, uh, I mean, Cocaine Bear was fun, but I think this is the superior film by far. Oh, don't make me fight you, but okay. Uh, and then the third uh, horror comedy that I saw this month that I, I really appreciated uh, was a new uh, uh, Blumhouse uh, release on. Uh, uh, Amazon Prime called Totally Killer. Uh, it's a, a, a comedy slasher film. Uh, the uh, the Sabrina, the teenage witch from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix is in it. What's her name? Kieran Shipka. She's the yes, main person. Uh, it's no secret because uh, it's been in all the promo materials that uh, is, it's kind of a, of, a, of a time travel movie. It's basically like Back to the Future if it was a slasher movie. Uh, and it's uh, it's fun. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's a little too long. They very easily could have edited this down a little bit. Also, I don't know who it is over at Blumhouse uh, who likes uh, these sort of horror comedy movies that have a little bit of a of a time fuckiness or a time travel element. Uh, Happy Death Day uh, is uh, famously a time loop movie. And then Happy Death Day to You also does some funky stuff with time. I don't know what it is over there. I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, but no, this was, this was fun. It's, a, it's an adequately done slasher. It, it successfully keeps you guessing. Uh, and uh, it was a good time. Did you see Totally Killer, Michelle? I did. I actually awesome. finally got around to that Of course you did. Why too. did I even ask? <laughs> well, I think it was one that was released on Prime during Spooktober. And so it had been on my list for a while. And of course, like the ones that most people have seen, if it drops, I'm going to be one of the people who has to watch it. Like Love is Blind, season five. I had to get in there really quick. Jesus God. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to add aside from what... Uh, you had already stated I was going to put sure. it in my horror comedy um, list, but I thought you might do that one, and I didn't sure. have much more to add. Oh, okay. So uh, I was just looking here quickly because uh, I realized I hadn't ever done so. Uh, but so I'm looking into this. The the director, her name is Nanachka Khan, uh, and it looks like this is her first horror film of any kind, uh, but she also directed... Uh, one of Ali Wong's stand-up specials for Netflix, and also directed. Did you ever? Do you you know Ali Wong? Don't you? Yeah. Is it the was it Always, Cobra the Baby? Always Be My oh. Maybe? That movie that she co-starred oh. in. Yeah. Yes, uh, I was thinking this, of her stand-up. That, uh, no, yeah. Uh, the one Cobra it's uh, the the stand-up special she directed was uh, Don Wong just in last year, twenty twenty-two. Oh, I haven't seen uh, that one yet. Okay. No, I haven't either. But yeah, she directed the the feature film Always Be My Maybe that Ali Wong okay. uh, starred in. If you haven't seen it, it's great. It's um, not horror by any means, but no, it was really good, really good time. <laughs> what? Romantic comedy? Recommend it on We Watch Shutter. Illegal. Call Shut the cops up. on both your dog Shut and up. yourself. Oh, no shit. <laughs> uh, also, I just happened to learn here because I was looking at her Wikipedia page. Uh, uh, her brother is Nick Khan, who is currently president and CEO of WWE. (laughs) 
I like how sometimes this show just evolves into you and I reading IMDb and being surprised. Hey, man, the, 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 Wikipedia, <laughs> the Wikipedia rabbit hole is real. And if we're oh, incorporating yeah. that into our experience of the podcast, I think everybody understands. We're real. Everybody those, knows we don't edit. <laughs> those were my three standout uh, horror comedies that I, I saw in Spooktober. I know you said you had some horror comedies as well. What yes, do you got? Yes, I actually had three. Um, I After the emotionally devastating period, I did have to go watch some horror comedy and jazz it up. Um, my friend Kristen recommended this one, and she was so fucking proud that she recommended a movie that not only had I never heard of but I had never seen and that I enjoyed and she's so proud so I had to make sure I mentioned it during Spooktober uh, that is Get Duped uh, from 2019 I think I watched it on Prime but I don't remember it's all blurring together at this point um, if you like the kids from Attack the Block this is those characters Except they are on, um, I don't know if it's a wilderness retreat, what you would call it, like a survival course where their grade is dependent on them being out in the woods and surviving. And they start getting hunted down by this guy who is a duke. Um, and it is so fucking funny. Uh, one of the guys, DJ Beetroot, uh, who insists that his name is not the vegetable. It is B-E-A-T root because it's the root of the beet. But everybody tells him, no, you're named after a beetroot and people aren't going to want to hear that. Uh, he has one of my favorite lines, and that is, I can't die. I'm the future of hip hop. And I've just been yelling that at people over the last week. And nobody's heard of Get Duked, so they have no idea what I'm referencing. But I, I have so... never heard of it until this exact moment. Yes, it's fantastic if you like the kids from attack the block it's those kinds of kids we're just hooligans but now they're out in the woods and i laughed i loved it um Sweet. my next one blood-sucking bastards it is uh basically the office but with vampires oh, uh like what if ever well no uh might be a terrible thing like uh the guy from cabin in the woods whose name i've forgotten fran Kranz. I probably yeah. Fran Kranz. Fran Kranz. Yeah. I I don't know what the emphasis is, but uh, so he plays the lead guy Evan, and uh, basically he is just working an office job and slowly notices his coworkers becoming vampires. Um, it also has Pedro Pascal and Joey Kern and a bunch of other people who I love, and it is great. It's actually basically Fran 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 Kranz. Yep, that that dude, Mr. FK, uh, he's very similar to the guy he played in Cabin in the Woods. And I think I'm in love with him. Um, so Bloodsucking Bastards, it's very funny. Uh, and then my last one, also one I had never heard of. I love discovering new stuff. And this one, I did have to message our friend Derek Haugen from I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker and tell him he had to check it out if he hadn't because it reminded me of his movie. And he said he had already seen it, so you know it's good. Murder Party. Oh, yeah, I've seen Murder Party. <laughs> oh, my God. I was laughing my ass off. Uh, when I put out my graphic with my favorite movies from Spooktober, Murder Party will be on there. I laughed so hard. <laughs> it's just a guy who goes to a murder party and is surprised that it is exactly what it sounds like. Right. It's great. <laughs> I had a great time after being completely horrified by humanity. So that's how I ended my Spooktober. Awesome. And then I watched more Saw, of course. I uh I'm I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Murder Party. I think this is the movie. I think it is. 
It's worth uh, rewatching. But uh, yeah, it's uh, is kind of ridiculous. All right, so that was our life in horror comedy uh, for October. Uh, so I got two other things here. These are kind of double feature things that I, I want to talk about for some movies that I've, I found uniquely kind of related. Uh, one set, again, two films from this year. One of these I know you've seen, one I'm not sure, and I know that the one you have seen is one of your favorites of the year and maybe Ooh. one of my favorites as well. Uh, those movies are uh, Cobweb, uh, mm. directed by Samuel Bodine, uh, Bowden, written by Chris Thomas Devlin, uh, and The Boogeyman, directed by our friend Rob Savage, who made uh, one of the most incredible found footage films in the history of cinema called Host. Can I interrupt uh, for one second? Yeah. And just tell you, I went to a party on Friday and I did make them watch Host. And it was oh, did you? hilarious. I did you make them watch it on a laptop? No. And I oh. told them that if, if it wasn't like a bunch of us watching it. But I just have to say, uh, getting to watch people experience that movie for the first time, hilarious. It still makes oh. me jump. It's so great. I under- well, and I, I, I guess I kind of understand. But also, Michelle, imagine five or six people in a dark room all huddled around a laptop watching that movie. <laughs> With certain I, I friends, feel that like... would be great. Not this group. Okay, fair <laughs> I enough. I cannot imagine them huddled in front of a laptop and not complaining. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, and then the other one was The Boogeyman, uh, directed by Rob Savage, uh, from a book or, or a short story, rather, uh, by Stephen King that was part of uh, his most, uh, let's see, it was... Uh, what book was that part of the Night Shift collection? Yeah, going all the way back to to that one. Um, I I put these together because they're they're both very much uh in that sort of familial horror uh vibe. Uh, some very interesting relationships between parents and children. Um. But also, I feel like, uh, first of all, uh, I'm with you. Cobweb, guys, if you haven't seen this film, it had a very brief theatrical release. But I loved this film. This is so good. Uh, Some really intense shit going on here. Some twists and turns that I saw coming and then some that I completely did not. Uh, this is a movie that will keep you guessing in all the best ways all the way through. Uh, at least it did for me. Uh, Michelle saw this in the theater, did you not? No, it was one that I was really sad that I missed because it was okay. just a very, very busy time. So right when it dropped, actually, I might have paid to rent it. I don't think I waited until it was on Hulu and then I started messaging people and saying, either right. rent this or the second it's available Yeah, because you definitely something. mentioned this to me for the first time a while ago. So it yeah, must have been gonna a say, It was like two months ago, the second it became available to rent. Um, I think part of it is watching Homelander and anything aside from the boys is unnerving in itself. <laughs> so uh, I just, I fucking love Anthony Starr. So I went, Anthony Starr's in this. And then uh, why the fuck did I forget her name? And you're going Kaplan? to know her name. Thank you. I was going to say Lisa. And I knew that was wrong. So seeing those two do anything together, I was like, I'm a hundred percent, whatever this is, I have to see it. And I was right. Um, there's oh, a part I've... in there that, when I think of scariest stuff I've seen recently, there is a particular scene from that movie that would be on my list because it is perfect, 
perfectly scary, and I loved it. Yes, in cobweb. Um, I'll have to ask with, you off air to tell me. Specifically I was going to say without one. saying, I think this would be vague enough. Um, we'll say the nightmare scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, because there up. is a particular thing where I'm like, holy shit! Like it legitimately, like sitting at home made me go like, Wah. oh my yeah. god, it's yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I love I've, it. Uh, I've been a fan of uh, of Lizzie Kaplan for for quite some time. She is fantastic here. Uh, love during Mean a, Girls. Not a, even a, joking. Fucking uh, love Mean Girls. Creepy kid movie, uh, and the creepy kid is fucking creepy. Uh, it's yeah, it, it really good. Um, the Boogeyman also uh, is very different film in a lot of ways. Uh, but again, has that sort of uh, familial trauma and tragedy kind of vibe, disconnection between the parents uh, and the children. Uh, I didn't hate it. I think it's solid. Uh, I think in a lot of ways where the boogeyman fails for me uh, is, <laughs> and this is a weird way to say it, but it very much feels like uh, an early version or a bad imitation of really good Stephen King stuff. Uh, and the fact that this was in his 1978 short story collection and originally written in 1973 like it's not terrible but it's it's uh, it's it does a lot of things very ham-fistedly that he would be later become a lot better at uh so i de- I, I definitely applaud it it's awesome to see rob savage moving from found footage cuz his his movie in between here uh was dash cam uh which, which made i was so the biggest sick fan i couldn't of. watch it Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't the biggest fan, uh, but this uh, really also um, as you watch it, if you know, and and I did know going in that that he had directed it. It's interesting to see him sort of adapting some of his his techniques uh, from uh, especially from host uh, and translating them. He's just as good as at creating tension in this environment uh, as he is in, in the other. I think it's a movie worth seeing. Uh, even though it is flawed, uh, but uh, I, I actually watched that and Cobweb just by chance back to back on the same night, and it was really interesting to me how they share a lot of of themes and and ideas. I um, it's one of those where the reveal made me disappointed. If they hadn't done a big reveal, yes. I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, I think the mystery of this, but it's too much. Like I can overtly see what's happening, and that just yeah, if it doesn't work out, it takes me completely to out. the to the horror elements of the story in a way that's kind of unfortunate. Exactly, but I do love Sophie Thatcher. Um, I first saw her in Yellow Jackets which I binged earlier this She's year. She's the so older great. daughter, right? Yep, yep, yeah. Sadie Harper. And then anything David Dostmalchen does. Um, just <laughs> fucking fabulous. love that man. Uh, side note, I do love Last Podcast on the Left. Of course, I'm a fucked up human. Of course, I love them. <laughs> uh, and they do a thing called Last Stream on the Left where every week they just watch videos together and then talk about them, which is basically when my friend Aaron lived here, that's what I would do every week. I'd be like, I found all these short movies. I'm coming over to your house. I'd put them on the the tv and make him watch them uh so it's basically what i did with him but they just had a goth night with david desmolchen on there and they all dressed up in goth clothing and he talked about the funeral home that he either owns or is a sponsor for and i just love that man uh his wife's a stand-up comedian and she roasted him and it was great i loved it so much 
Yeah, um, I love yeah, seeing him not, in anything, especially him. since, like, I mean, obviously we've seen him in a variety of things, uh, but um, uh, I started seeing him in some of those, like, talking head panel shows about horror things, uh, and anytime somebody is, like, a cool performer but is also very obviously, very genuinely just a fan of this shit, like, mm-hmm. they're, I, I feel like for this kind of movie, you almost want everybody who's in it to like this kind of thing because there are certain things in horror movies, uh, a lot of horror movies, I think, uh, are lacking in a lot of ways because you can tell some of the performers are just not able in their own head to fully commit to the gimmick. Uh, and he just, like, like I buy him uh, as a, a, a frazzled harried, harassed by evil fucking father at the end of his rope. He's in this movie maybe 10 minutes, but it's fucking phenomenal He's 10 minutes. He's my favorite part. Yeah. And it's not even a biased thing of like, I just love him as a human. I think he feels very, like you said, genuine. He seems yeah. very nice. He seems like he really cares about mm-hmm. the, the art of what he's doing. But aside from that, like his character is just so good. Um, it's definitely like it, it's near the beginning of the film that he has his portions, and that's what really hooked me. Um, I think without that character, I wouldn't have been as on board for it. But God, I loved it. Yeah. It was, La- it was last season. thought on yeah. Last thought on the boogeyman. Uh, one of the things, uh, honestly, that was, I think, a little flawed in it is uh, I I didn't appreciate uh, or enjoy very much the like the very end, like the last scene. I was like, oh man, come on, are we really doing this? But of course, it is what it is. Uh, what? Of course they did it. Yeah, it's of just course how they did. Horror movies have a very yeah. difficult time ending. I know. We know they, this. They if it's really good, it's going to end in the shittiest way. Yeah. Just uh, how s- unless it's martyrs. You have, uh, <laughs> oh God, uh, you have two more uh, groups of things you wanted to talk about. Is my math no, correct? No, I had four total uh, documentaries, emotionally devastating horror comedy and books. Oh, I was, I didn't realize that. You, so you're done? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh God, I I thought you meant you had four groups of movies aside from the books and the other things. No, I'm I still good. got like I told you. I, I still got like Perfect. three movies I wanted to talk about. You got That's anything else fine. you want to talk you know about, Michelle? You know what I love? That you were so worried that I was going to talk too much during this episode and <laughs> it would wasn't... turn into another saw and it would be a three-hour thing. And I was like, no, I condensed it. And I think a lot of what I talked about was in response to you because I didn't put it on my list. Uh, so, no, I'm good. I'm through my stuff. I, I had my notes. I said what I need to, to say. And now uh, you go through yours and I'll probably respond to it. This is fine. I just love that I I watched a lot, but you talk a lot. So it's a good balance. <laughs> wow. Also, Michelle. You're really at, good at saying thoughts. At, I'm at, terrible. I just at absorb. No point, at no point whatsoever. <laughs> I, I take offense. Ma'am, to your insinuation that I suggested I was afraid that you might talk for a long time about these films. I don't uh, believe your exact phrasing oh, was I don't want a woman talking for too long on the podcast. People can't handle women with opinions. That was the exact phrasing. You can quote it, put it in the tab. JD did not say anything. He was just worried that I would go through all 100 movies. And you know what? That's fair. That's I, a very valid concern. I wasn't that even is worried. honestly. 
It was it was never about you. I said, oh my god. I knew you, you were you gonna have more than me, but I Every, had more. Oh Jesus Christ! Everybody knows I am giving you shit, uh, and that uh, none of this is real. And everybody I am a gigantic but me. liar. Jesus. Everyone. Here, for the record, I'm a huge fucking liar. JD is great. He never told me that I'm too much of a mouthy bitch. Although he did. Oh, but, like we won't. <laughs> much no, he never said that. I say I'm a mouthy bitch. Um, he's never said that out loud. Well, in that so. case, I just got one other thing then that I want to talk about. No, I want to hear your three. <laughs> if they're good enough for you to put them on the list. Fuck it. We just put out a three-hour episode. I think they can handle an hour and a half. Can you, well, listeners? Uh, can uh, you? If this is a live show, they'd be like, yeah! Okay, um, fine. Uh, so, yeah. the uh, I also had another sort of double feature. So, maybe this actually works in with that other one. It's four movies, but it's two different kind of double features. Two movies that I, I thought, uh, again, came from a very similar place. Uh, uh, the first is a movie that I've actually been anticipating for quite a while. Uh, starring uh, Heather Graham and Bruce Davison and Barbara Crampton. Oh. It's called Suitable Flesh. I've uh, not seen it yet. Directed by Joe Lynch, written by Dennis Pauly. Dennis Pauly uh, wrote, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Reanimator. And, yeah, he wrote both Reanimator and From Beyond for Stuart Gordon back in the day. Uh, and this movie, based on an H.P. Lovecraft story called The Thing on the Doorstep, uh, and has been uh, uh, marketed and, and pushed out. In fact, it says here on the Wikipedia page, uh, uh, it is a spiritual successor to Stuart Gordon's 1980s Lovecraftian horror films Reanimator and From Beyond. Uh, and like I said, even Barbara Crampton is in here, and she was in both of those movies, and she's great. Um, uh, I bring this movie up because as I said, man, I, this is a movie where they very clearly were deliberately trying to mimic an older sort of accidental sort of tone and feeling, but it unfortunately for me felt very artificial uh, like it, oh, it, dang, they were you were so excited. I know. They were trying so hard to be something deliberately that only works when you are that thing sort of in inherently. I don't know how else to explain it. Also, I didn't feel like, <laughs> weirdly enough, uh, we were talking about the oddly sexual nature of Fall of the House of Usher, uh, th there's a lot of this movie that didn't so much feel to me like a 1980s Stuart Gordon reanimator or from beyond film. There's a lot of this that frankly feels like a fucking early 1990s fucking Skinamax Red Shoe Diaries softcore porn. And it's just really weird. The, the, the makeup effects when things do get going are okay. But uh, this one, I, I was I was genuinely disappointed. Uh, this one didn't work for me. Now, obviously, plenty of people have seen it and loved it. It's getting smashed reviews. So again, don't you know? Don't just take my word for it. I just uh, I was unfortunately disappointed. Uh, and the other one then that I want to mention, since Michelle hasn't had a chance to see Suitable Flesh, and I mention it specifically because I think it's a movie 
that actually did what suitable flesh was supposed to do and is much more successful at it. It's still not a perfect movie, but it's a movie that uh, was just uh, made available on streaming. It's either on Hulu or Prime. I don't remember. It's called The Breach. Are you familiar with The Breach, Michelle? I am not, at least okay. not by name. I could. I had never no, even heard of it so. until just the last few days. I happened to be browsing through that thing that pops up on Rotten Tomatoes where they rank all the horror movies that have been released that, that year based on their overall Rotten Tomatoes scores. And then I saw it on streaming. Here's the first thing you need to know about The Breach. The executive producer of The Breach is motherfucking Slash from Guns N' Roses. And he also did a bunch of the music for this movie. And this movie is so, for, from my perspective, and, and you know, again, uh, people, a lot of people, dis- from my perspective, this movie is so much more a spiritual successor to movies like Reanimator and From Beyond. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed those films, and it's a flawed film. Uh, it uh, it definitely has its limitations, uh, but uh, it uh, the special effects when they get to them are cool. Uh, there's a, there's a very, there's a very uh, uh, some very grotesque stuff that goes on here. Uh, a really interesting uh, sort of uh, like is he possessed or is he a pod person or is he just gone crazy? Uh, sort of performance. Uh, from uh, this guy, Adam Kenneth Wilson, who plays a character named Cole Parsons. Uh, This, to me, uh, was so much more along the lines of those kind of films. And while, again, I I, I probably would still land it at about a three and a half skulls because there are a couple of things very much specifically about it that fell flat for me, I really enjoyed this. And so if you do see Suitable Flesh and it doesn't quite work for you the way it did for me, check out The Breach. If you did see Suitable Flesh and it worked for you, fucking check out The Breach. It's a good time. If you are a human and you like movies, if you're alive, It also has Alex Lifeson like from Rush in it. You know the guitar player from Rush? You probably don't know, Michelle, because Rush is I old. I know Rush. Did I you know, know one song. <laughs> it is the really long one. 2112? Nope. Oh, that's the uh, really long one. <laughs> it gets well, 20 minutes long. it was on long. Rock Band. Oh, it's wow. on Rock Band, and I've now forgotten the name. Shows you what you know. Anyway. I'm really uh, No, it's it. it's a good time. Uh, like I said, some really rad special effects, especially in the in the third act. Uh, uh, gets a lot of mileage out of uh, out of a very limited uh, uh, supply of things. It, it was a really good time. I, I strongly suggest you check it out. I love that. Awesome. Do you have a, another double feature, then? No, those were the two double features was Suitable Flesh the Breach and the Boogeyman Cobweb just because they were again so similar in in some of the things oh. they presented. The only I think other that you had two double features and yeah. one we had talked about. Okay. Yeah, but I I had them as separate groupings, so I, I guess we just yeah. yeah. So I only have one other movie that I want to talk about Michelle and please honestly, is there anything that jumps to mind for you? as a, a movie that you didn't talk about previously that you would like to give a shout-out to? Mm, sure. I was going to put it in my uh, image, but I rewatched Upgrade from 2018. It's not horror. It's more sci-fi action, but fucking okay. love that movie. Loved it even more the second time around. Um, it's great. 
Are you familiar with Upgrade? I don't know if I am or not. I'm doing a quick Google here to see. A guy is involved in a car accident and is told that uh, he he becomes a quadriplegic and he's told that they can implant something in his body that becomes basically AI and can control his limbs for him because there's a disconnect between his brain telling his limbs how to move. And then uh, he becomes like a really good killing machine. And it's so fucking funny at times. It's really fucking dark at other times. It's just everything that I want in a movie. I really love sci-fi action flicks. I know we talk about horror a lot, but sci-fi is really my jam because it it makes me think a lot. And uh, oh, this one's great. Fucking love it. This was... Uh... This was also written and directed by the guy who wrote Saw and also plays the dude oh, who's shit. in the bathroom <laughs> with uh, uh, with Carrie Elwes. Yeah, Lee Wano uh, is the Oh, my God. I didn't this. even mean to accidentally do more Saw stuff, but yeah. maybe that's why I love it so much because, it. yeah, that's definitely the guy from Saw. Damn it. Uh, but, yeah, no, this is nothing like Saw. Um, it's <laughs> I don't want to say it's nothing like Saw. It's fantastic. But I think that whether you feel good or bad about it, um, oh shit, they're making a TV series. Uh, oh, I'll be watching that. Sweet. It's honestly, it's it's on my list of favorite movies of all time, and so I rewatched it for Spooktober, and I fucking love it. It's sweet. So good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, so then, the last thing that I want to talk about is uh, uh, it's the only movie that I I brought to talk about today uh, that was not a 2023 release. This one goes back to 2020. Uh, and it's the, the Brandon Cro- it's the Brandon Cronenberg film Possessor. Have you seen Possessor, Michelle? Yes, and okay. I remember remember you asking, and I told you I felt very meh about it, but that I liked Antiviral by Brandon right. Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, so Brandon Cronenberg has three feature films at this point, right? Uh, we got uh, uh, his very first uh, feature film was called Antiviral. It came out way back in 2012. And then he did Possessor in 2020 and Infinity Pool in 2023. Uh, I have seen uh, Antiviral. I didn't hate it, but uh, I, I wasn't blown away by it in any way. Uh, I saw Infinity Pool, and Infinity Pool did not work for me. Uh, but uh, our good friend Kevin uh, from our episode a while back about The Seed... Uh, uh, a frequent podcast listener, he has been telling me for the longest time that he thinks Possessor is far and away the best Brandon Cronenberg film that uh, there is, and that even though I didn't like either of those other two, I should definitely check it out. And so I finally got around to checking it out, and holy shitballs did I love this movie. This movie is fucking twisted and weird, uh, and it's like like horror sci-fi in the best way. It's fucking violent. Uh, and Brandon Cronenberg really likes stabbing people. Holy <laughs> shit, does he like stabbing people. Uh, there's also uh, just a, a couple of erect penises in this movie for just Love almost that. no reason at all. So great. Uh, it's uh, uh, they're just trying to even the playing field. Do you know how many times guess, we have seen women completely sure. nude? And to be fair, uh, to be fair, one of the two erect penises, weirdly enough, I never thought I'd find myself saying this, actually makes sense. 
uh, in the context of the film. The other one, I feel like, is just kind of there to drive home an idea, but would have been sort of unnecessary. It would have been easier to cut the other one, I think, if you had to only cut wow. one. Uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, this uh, 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 it's a, a movie uh, about uh, uh, an assassin uh, who uses a very particular technique to carry out these assassinations. Uh, there are moments where this drops into weird psychedelic experimental film territory and does so really successfully, in my opinion. Uh, but then uh, also, at least for my taste, pulls back out of that and continues a narrative. The way this movie twists around back on itself, but not in like a David Lynch Lost Highway Time sort of way. I just I loved everything about this movie and was very surprised at how much I did enjoy it, considering I wasn't a big fan of Antiviral or Infinity Pool. I just went to Hulu because it is apparently streaming on there. And first off, it does say Possessor Uncut, so that's yeah. why they did yeah. have to have two dicks in there instead of just one. <laughs> you said they could cut the second, but no, this is the uncut version. They have multiple yeah. erect penises. No, I'm saying if, um, like, because there's a, there's the aware. original version where they took out all of the penises. No dicks. No yeah. dicks in that one yeah. at all. I'm just saying, had it, been a, had it been one of those typical MPAA situations where they make a ridiculous decision like they had came to him and said, you can have one of those two erect dicks, but not two of them. Just what, like... Like you can have one fuck in a PG-13 movie. You can have one dick in a rated R horror movie. Then if that had been the case, it would have been a lot easier for them to edit out the first dick than the second dick. I think every movie I watched in Spooktober would have benefited from at least one more dick except Hot Potato, the story of the Wiggles. That okay. one dick free, totally fine. Probably, Probably. the best version. Uh, I am going to give Possessor a second watch, actually, potentially tonight, depending on how tired I am. Have I mentioned how much Brandon Cronenberg likes stabbing people? Holy shit. This movie Uh, is bloody as fuck. This is one of those that the people I listen to for horror news had hyped this up so much that I think I went in a little too excited. That's fair. So now that it's been a couple of years, I'm, I'll give it a second try because I liked antiviral. Didn't hate infinity pool. I just was expecting something better. Yeah. Um, I think that concept that they started with could have been way more horrible. I do. Um, I do so very I, I much like it. that. Uh, 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 there is a, a pervasive theme from antiviral uh, into possessor into infinity pool uh which is this it's a dystopian idea but it's a very specific one where it's like of course in a world where all of these bizarre incredible uh powerful new technologies are developed would be immediately seized upon and capitalized on by massive like ultra wealthy power broker sort of people and it's just like there's this it's it's this it's very much like a like a late stage capitalism horror that he's doing right there's that theme of where previously it was maybe political groups or other things it's just bold faces it's just rich people taking advantage of shit that other people can't have and it's it's great i love that as a general because yeah. goddamn eat the rich 
Yeah, Don't actually eat the rich. We here at We Watch Shutter do not endorse eating anybody unless they consent to it, and it does not result in their death. Because even if you're a consenting adult and you get eaten alive, apparently that's illegal, according to some court cases I have read. So I uh, I would like that. to state specifically that the opinion I'm about to express is not the opinion of uh, We Watch Shutter, Michelle Roller, Rat Factory Media, or any associated groups other than myself. Uh, I also. Uh, do not want to encourage that you kill and eat anyone, but if you do, for any reason, kill and eat a billionaire, uh, I'll probably get over it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's going to be one billionaire who listens to our podcast being like, oh, man, this is where I come to escape my problems. <laughs> now I'm reminded that people want to eat me. I'll take it back Aww. if you give me a million dollars. Yeah, true. You give us a million. You sponsor us like Shutter won't. And oh. We won't eat you. We'll spare you. Well, look, I mean, honestly, Got can it. you blame Shutter for not wanting to have anything to do with us? We hated, like, one movie. <laughs> like, like, one That's whole movie. true. What's wrong Not with Not bitter us? at all. No, it's fine. <laughs> of course, who are we? Hey, guys, you, you've been awesome. I, I, I got to be uh, fucking blew me away uh, that like a hundred of you apparently listened to that two hour and 43 minute monstrosity we did about the Saw franchise or have at least listened so to some part of it. You guys are fucking dope. Uh, that's super cool. Uh, what else do we need to talk about today, Michelle? Anything at all? I got nothing. I'm just immediately going to stop recording, export, and go put on Possessor. I, I Good idea. I've heard so much good things. I think the hype train got uh, a little carried away, and I do sure. want to see how I feel now that it's been a while. You know what I'm going to so. do? I'm going to find out where I can watch Upgrade, and I'm going to go do that very thing myself. Uh, do you want me to tell you? Yeah, where can I, I watch can Upgrade? In two seconds. Where did I watch it? I think it was HBO, but give me two seconds. I got the Max. Um, it is Max. Yep. Sweet. Watch on Max. So right. highly recommend. It's one of my favorite sci-fi action movies. And guys, so uh, also, uh, for some reason, Shutter is releasing a new movie tomorrow. Uh, it's called uh, well tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the day it drops. Uh, if it's if it's November, if it's November sixth, two thousand twenty-three, uh, then the movie's actually dropping today, and we're gonna have a new episode about it tomorrow. It's called Mastema, M-A-S-T-E-M-A-H. It's a Shutter original, apparently. Be, uh, uh, we're just fucking ripping out content like we don't know what to do with ourselves, Michelle. It's totally on accident too. I thought we would have a break. Well, I'm to not do, complaining. Uh, I I love oh, it. We get, we so got tired. fucking we got shit to talk about. Oh, they don't even know what's coming in Christmas yet. Oh in god, Christmas, you guys, we're getting in the holly jolly spirit. <laughs> Yo ho ho, motherfucker! <laughs> no, that's pirates. Ho ho ho! It's Christmas. <laughs> I just said yo ho ho. You sure did. Yo ho ho and a barrel of monkeys. Say good night, Michelle. Good night, Michelle. We Watch Shudder is a production of Rat Factory Media, your home for all of today's Rat Factoryist podcasts. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of We Watch Shudder are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Rat Factory Media. But wait, aren't Rat Factory Media and We Watch Shudder the same people? Shut your cake hole, Charlie. Nobody asked you. We Watch Shudder is available free on all major podcast platforms, and the easiest way to support We Watch Shudder is also free. Just leave a rating and review on your platform of choice. 
merge your consciousness with ours on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We're at We Watch Shutter on all those social media platforms. Or find us the old-fashioned way on the web at WeWatchShutter.com or by email at mail at WeWatchShutter.com. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail at 701-566-9510. No, seriously, 701-566-9510. Try it if you dare.